Broken crayons. Broken crayons. Broken crayons still color. This is the Broken Crayons Still Color Podcast with your host, Shelly Hitz. Each episode contains an inspiring story of hope and healing in Christ. Many times, what we see as our biggest regrets, failures, and mistakes become what God uses the most in our lives. God is able to transform our brokenness into something more beautiful than we can even imagine. He takes our mess and creates a masterpiece. You see, Broken Crayons Still Color. Welcome back to the Broken Crayons Still Color podcast. I'm your host, Shelly Hitz, and today's guest is Dara Rose. Hey, Dara. Hi, Shelly. How are you? Good. I'm so glad to have you today. I'm just going to share a little bit about you, and then we'll jump right in. So Dara is a wife and a mom that was raised as a preacher's kid. I was a preacher's kid as well, a PK. (laughs) So we have that in common. But um, after enduring sexual abuse as a child, she became intentional about knowing God through his word. She has a heart for women's ministry, and she enjoys digging deep into God's word for answers. So she's going to share her story on today's podcast so I know there's a lot that you could probably talk about, but why don't you share just a little bit about what the broken crayons looked like in your life? Okay, well, the broken crayons in my life uh, were sexual abuse, the generational curse of sexual abuse that went on when I was very small um, yeah. in my childhood. And um, and I when it happened, I knew it was wrong. Nobody had to tell me it was wrong. Um, I knew that they were wrong because I, I really have an instinctual thing about my body. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I teach that to my children today. Nobody's to touch your body without permission. Um, and so I knew that as a little child that this was my body and they were invading my space. And this was not supposed to happen. And so it um, it changed me in such a way that I just looked out on life differently. It, it stole my childhood. And I had a different mental outlook on life altogether when that happened. Yeah. What would you say, like, you know, it sounds like you grew up in the church. You're a pastor's kid. And then, you know, yes. you had this um, sexual abuse happen in your life. Was it a one-time instance? Did it happen over a period of months or years? or? It actually happened over a period of years. And um, I remember telling my mom early on when I was about maybe five or six years old. And um, her response was not welcoming or loving and nothing happened after that. So um, I really learned to play two faces. And I always call it a professional faker. Um, That as a child to, you know, we were pastor's children. So you have to look a certain way because people looked up to you and people admired you. So um, I learned to have two fronts on at all times. Um, And but there was a lot of sadness in my life. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. And um, was it someone that was in the church or someone that you knew? that? abusers were in my immediate family. Okay, in family. And so um, it must have been so hard to not feel like your mom had heard you or had listened. Like if somebody has someone that a child comes to them and says something to them has happened, like how, like how do you recommend responding in those situations? Well, you have to take action. I mean, the second, and I mean the second, 
a child comes to you to say something that they have been touched in the wrong way or someone has done something, you must speak up. We are the voices. Adults are the voices for the children. Mm. And so we have to take yes. action because they're counting on us. They're counting on us to protect them as much as we can here on this physical earth. And so we must put things in place and take um, precautions uh, where that does not ever happen again. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's there's just a lot of dynamics that can go on. And so I think some people either fear speaking up or there's even shame in their own background. Absolutely. And, you know, you know, don't, not wanting to bring that out or, you know, there's just, um, there's so many things that can happen that can paralyze us from saying or doing those things. But yeah, I, I, I definitely agree that, um, you know, if someone comes to us, we need to, we need Absolutely. to take action. And um, what would you say during that, that season? What was the lowest point for you? Oh, <laughs> I, you know, I was thinking about this earlier today because I had thought about these questions for a while. And, um, oh, my goodness. I would say the lowest point for me was when we were, my husband and I were living in Kentucky. Uh, we met and married and had our children in Kentucky. But I'm originally from Indiana, and my mom had stage four breast cancer. And so my sister was her primary, my oldest sister was her primary caregiver. And um, she... I wanted to move back home to be closer to family. And so when I moved back home, um, I heard that my mom was having some issues and I told my mom, I said, you know, you can come stay with me because everything on, in my house is on the same floor. So you can come stay with me so you can be, I can take care of you because at the time I was a stay at home mom. And um, she asked me if I would allow the people, the molesters into my home. And I said, well, you know, the situation is not resolved because they never responded to certain things. And um, and she said, well, I won't come to your house so you can take care of me. And I think at that moment, everything just kind of hit me like a brick wall. Wow. Yeah. It was it was like, but I moved states to be here. I moved from a different state to come and help you get over or be healed from cancer and I'm offering my home and you're telling me because I won't let these molesters in my house that you won't come and let me take care of you. That was the lowest moment. Wow. And so that was years and years and years later. Yeah. But it was probably almost like pulling a scab off of a wound. Absolutely. Yeah. And do you have children of your own? I do. I have a girl and a boy. They are 18 months apart. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and so um, my daughter was really the one that prompted me just being pregnant with her. I, I, I told my I told myself, if I have another boy, I don't have to confront this like it doesn't happen to boys because I was just like, well, you know, he's a boy. And God was like, let me shatter your dreams real quick. <laughs> right. Which which isn't true because they guys That's just right. don't talk about it. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So um, he made me have a girl. <laughs> and when I had a girl, you see so much of yourself. Uh-huh. And so I was like, I have to confront this. Because I know, like many of your listeners know, if you don't confront the things in your life, they're coming after your children. Oh, 
and they keep going after generation and generation until someone is brave enough to say no more. Right, right. Break that generational curse Absolutely. and um, go in a different direction. So when you were confronted with that and your mom's response, like what was the turning point for you in that situation? Oh my goodness. So I read my Bible every day um, and I happen to be in Psalms um, because at the moment of me confronting and saying I'm going to stop this, my mind was just bombarded with so many things of the abuse replaying in my head. And um, I was reading through Psalms one day and a light just clicked on in my head and I, I felt like I was the one writing the psalm. I felt like I was the one reading what I was writing um, as far as I felt like I was being bullied by my thoughts. And so Psalm is a great book to let the reader know that there is victory in the midst of a storm, that God still has your back, that his plans are something you can't even imagine. And so as I began to read Psalms, I began to understand that I am victorious. I am an overcomer and it's only by God's word. And so um, I, I, I wrote all the Psalms that just spoke to my heart. I wrote them down on a piece of paper and I would stick them all over my house. Yeah. And mainly in the kitchen, because that's where I always was. (laughs) Um, And I would put them on the cupboard. And anytime a thought would come into my mind of hurt and pain from um, the abuse of the family members or even from my mom, I would turn my mind and give an audible answer to the voice that was talking to me so, so strongly in my head. And what, like, would would you... um you know, respond with God's truth? Is that what you were responding with? Yes, absolutely. I responded with whatever psalm that was on my cupboard or wherever I was in the house, any scripture that I had already written out, I would already respond to it. Yeah. So was there um, eventually resolution with your mom or did God um, just help you to deal with um, your side of things? Yeah, God just helped me to deal with my side of things because a year after I, uh, after we moved here, uh, my mom passed and she passed with everything unresolved. And so God had to give me peace about who she was and what she did and even did not do. And so that healing uh, came and I still see, I still learn from it even today. Yeah. Do you feel like you've been able to forgive your abusers and to forgive your mom? I feel like forgiveness is a maintenance-based program. <laughs> ongoing, right? <laughs> yes, it is ongoing. I don't, th- I don't, I think it's definitely maintenance-based because I feel like when I was taught as a child, you come to the altar, you experience this euphoric uh, feeling, and then that's it. And forgiveness is maintained by the word of God. And so I have, I have glimmers and more of forgiveness every day. Yeah, um, and, and it, that, it, it, definitely, it definitely can it, be a process of like what the scriptures say of forgiving from the heart. Yeah. And um, I think that it's, I, I say it's only from the Holy Spirit because like when I forgave my grandma's murder, I had 
I had every reason to hold yeah. forgiveness. You know, when you've Absolutely. been a victim of a crime of some sort, you know, I've had sexual abuse. It was just one instance. It wasn't over years like yours, but you know, um, it's, I always, I always say forgiveness is a process and it's not just snap your fingers and it's going to be good, but That's it great. brings so much healing. It brings so much freedom and it lifts the weight from us, you know, right. from, from what they have done. But if you could give one piece of advice or encouragement to others, what would it be? Oh, I would tell others that you are not alone, that God is definitely with you, that he's looking out for you, and that he wants to heal you from your past, from your past hurt and your pain. And there's nothing too dirty and stinky or sticky or nasty that God can't heal you from. And we are created to break generational curses. God gave us the power, he gave us the access when we accepted him into our lives that we can break these generational curses, that they don't have to hold us um, hostage or in bondage to the things that we have been through. Yes, yes, very, very true. And um, I love um, Corey Tim Boom. She was a Nazi camp survivor. And she often says, you know, she had been in many, many situations where the, you know, she had been in abusive situations and things. And she says that God's light is greater than any darkness, than the, de the deepest darkness. And, um, you know, there's a lot of darkness. <laughs> this side of heaven, but his, but Jesus, you know, God's light can shine even in the deepest, deepest darkness. There is hope. And so, what um, is there a particular scripture that um, really meant a lot to you throughout um, the, this time that you were you're dealing with this? Absolutely, um, everything starts in the mind. So I have to go to one of my favorite scriptures. <laughs> yeah, um, it is Second Corinthians ten four through five, uh, and some some people may know this well some people may not know it at all but it says for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in god for pulling down strongholds casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of god bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of christ yes that's such a great verse it was a verse god gave me to memorize when i was struggling with pornography and I'm now free by the grace of God. But, um, but yeah, such a, such a powerful verse, um, has, um, you know, divine power to demolish strongholds Absolutely. and we take captive every thought. And then, you know, in another scripture, it says, uh, you know, renewing our minds with his yeah. truth. And so it's so powerful. Um, you know, if our listeners would like to connect with you further, where can they find you? They can find me at DaraVRose.com. Okay. Can you spell that for us? Just yes. some people may not know how to spell it. www.daravrose.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Problem. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for sharing and sharing your heart and your story. 
You know, it's just another example of how God can turn our messes into masterpieces. And now you're able to be an example and a light, not only to your children, but to also other women and other people who need to to hear hear this hear this story of hope. And so thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. And thank you all for joining us today and listening in. If you or someone you know has a powerful story to share, I would love to have you on the show. You can apply to be featured on the podcast at shellyhits.com forward slash story. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Broken Crayons Still Color Podcast. We have a gift for you. Download Shelly's hand-drawn adult coloring pages, as well as printable scripture cards, and all the transcripts from this podcast at www.brokencrayonsbook.com. If today's story inspired you, please share it with a friend and leave us a comment on iTunes. We love hearing from you, and your encouragement means the world to us. In closing, God is the artist, and our lives are his canvas. What will you allow him to create from the broken pieces in your life? When you are in Christ, you are his masterpiece. I am a masterpiece. I am a masterpiece.